Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. In this episode, we're going to be taking a closer look at cranial nerve number seven, the facial nerve. And the facial nerve has motor, sensory, and parasympathetic functions associated with it. You're also going to discover that the facial nerve runs in very close proximity to the trigeminal nerve, cranial nerve number five. And a lot of the branches of the facial nerve follow a lot of the branches of cranial nerve five. So this is really important information for you, the clinician, when you are using local anesthesia to understand the nerve innervation in case you have some kind of action or reaction in the clinical setting to one of the facial nerves. If you end up anesthetizing a facial nerve instead of a trigeminal nerve when you are giving local anesthesia. We'll also talk about some of the clinical considerations when there's damage or injury done to cranial nerve number seven. So let's get started. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of the show notes. Happy studying! As you're learning about these cranial nerves, what I want you to visualize in your mind is a brand new tree that you just had delivered to your house that you're about to plant. The root ball at the bottom of the plant is the brainstem. And so these cranial nerves come out of the brainstem. The trunk of the tree is the main area uh, where the ganglion would be located. And then as the branches come off, these main branches are larger, and then they develop into smaller branches. Each one of these main branches, if you were to look up that branch on the tree and see all the tiny little branches, that would be a plexus of nerves. So we're going to be talking about a dental plexus, we'll be talking about the ganglion, and we'll be talking about all these different root trunks, as well as where these nerves come from on the brainstem. Cranial nerve number seven, the facial nerve, is a motor, sensory, and parasympathetic nerve fiber nerve that provides both afferent and efferent nerve impulses to the area of the face. Now, the facial nerve arises in the palms area of the brainstem and starts off with two large roots, one motor root and one sensory root. These roots enter through the internal acoustic meatus in the petrous portion of the temporal bone, if you remember. The two roots then travel through the facial canal where the nerve forms geniculate ganglion, also known as like a bundle of nerve cells. Now at this point, the nerve divides into three branches before exiting the skull. Now these three branches are the greater petrosal nerve, the stapedius, and the quarter tympani. The greater petrosal nerve provides parasympathetic function to the lacrimal gland and the mucus glands. 
The stapedius nerve provides motor fibers to the stapedius muscle of the middle ear, and the chorda tympani, which provides sensory innervation to the anterior two-thirds of the tongue, as well as some parasympathetic fibers to the sublingual and submandibular glands. The facial nerve then travels a short distance and exits the skull through the stylomastoid foramen, which if you remember is located just behind the styloid process on the temporal bone. After the facial nerve exits the skull, it gives rise to the posterior auricular nerve, which is a motor nerve responsible for innervating some of the muscles around the ear. The efferent motor branch then travels to the posterior belly of the digastric muscle and the stylohyoid muscle. This efferent motor route then continues in an anterior and inferior direction into the parotid gland. Now it's important as a student to understand that the facial nerve does not contribute to the innervation of the parotid gland. This gland is associated with cranial nerve V-3 and cranial nerve 9. Cranial nerve V-3, the mandibular branch of the trigeminal nerve, and cranial nerve 9, the glossopharyngeal nerve. Inside the parotid gland, the nerve splits into five branches that spread across the face. It's important for you, the student, to not confuse those branches of the same name that the trigeminal nerve has. So V2 and V3 have facial branches, and these branches have the same name, so try not to confuse them with the branches off the facial nerve. The facial nerve branches are efferent branches that supply innervation to the muscles of facial expression, and they are named the temporal branch, the zygomatic branch, the buccal branch, the mandibular branch, and the cervical branch. Now, the temporal branch, these are all superficial branches. So if you think about the muscles of facial expression, these are superficial branches. The temporal branch supplies innervation to the anterior muscles to the ear, the superior portion of the orbicularis oculi, the corrugator supercilii, areas of the nose, and the frontal belly of the epicranial area. The zygomatic branch provides innervation to the inferior orbicularis oculi and the zygomatic major and minor muscles. The buccal branch provides innervation to the muscles of the upper lip and nose, the buccinator, the rosorius muscle, and the orbicularis oris. The mandibular branch provides innervation to the depressor anguli oris, the depressor labii inferioris, the ventalis muscle. The cervical branch provides innervation to the platysma. There is a popular mnemonic that is used to help you remember some of these divisions of the facial nerve. Temporal, zygomatic, buccal branch, mandibular branch, and cervical branch. So T-Z-B-M-C. To Zanzibar by motor car is the mnemonic memory tip to help you remember those divisions. I'd like to talk to you about the pterygopalatine ganglion. Now this ganglion lies just inferior to the maxillary nerve, 
within the pterygopalatine fossa. It serves as a relay station for parasympathetic nerves that arise within the facial nerve. The fibers from the ganglion are then distributed to various types of tissue, such as the salivary glands by the nerves of V2. Now, because the pterygopalatine ganglion lies between the maxillary nerve and its tributaries from the palate, the sensory fibers actually pass through the ganglion. However, unlike the parasympathetic fibers, the sensory fibers do not synapse within the ganglion. Now, the motor function, the parasympathetic motor function for that pterygopalatine ganglion provides parasympathetic function to the lacrimal gland, the nasal gland, and the palatal glands. Now, the submandibular ganglion, which that impulse travels on V3, provides motor function to the submandibular gland and the sublingual gland. The greater petrosal nerve is one of the deep portions of the facial nerve that provides afferent taste sensation to the palate. The parasympathetic afferent innervation provides innervation to the lacrimal gland, the nasal cavity, and minor salivary glands of the heart and soft palate. The greater petrosal nerve communicates with the pterygopalatine ganglion, and the efferent fibers pass through the pterygopalatine ganglion. Now, keep in mind, cranial nerve V2 will carry the neurotransmitters to the glands but cranial nerve seven will provide the parasympathetic function to those glands. Now the corda tympani nerve arises from the facial nerve trunk before the trunk exits from the stylomastoid foramen. It bends and crosses the eardrum and exits through the petrotympanic fissure, which is just posterior to the TMJ. At that point, it joins the lingual branch of the mandibular division of the trigeminal nerves and runs along with the lingual nerve. It communicates with the submandibular ganglion. The efferent component provides innervation to the submandibular salivary gland, the sublingual salivary gland. The afferent component carries taste sensation from the body of the tongue or the anterior two-thirds of the tongue to the brain. One of the most clinical significant things about cranial nerve number seven, the facial nerve, is Bell's palsy. And Bell's palsy involves facial paralysis. So there's a loss of facial expression with those muscles. Now, facial paralysis can involve all or just some of the branches of the facial nerve with Bell's palsy. The onset of facial paralysis, uh, Bell's palsy, is acute and most of the symptoms reach their peak within one or two days. Now, the cause of Bell's palsy, one of the theories is that the facial nerve becomes inflamed within the temporal bone, and it possibly has some kind of connection to a virus. Bell's palsy may undergo remission, or it may become a chronic condition for a patient, depending on the amount of damage or loss of the nerve excitability. There are no specific treatments, but there have been injections of anti-inflammatories and the use of antiviral medications or even physical therapy to help with some of the symptoms.
cranial nerve 9, the glossopharyngeal nerve, and cranial nerve 12, the hypoglossal nerve, are both associated with the tongue. And so they are important and significant nerves to understand really well as a clinical dental hygienist. And so those are the two additional and final nerves that we will focus our attention on in this podcast. Cranial nerve number nine, the glossopharyngeal nerve, provides motor, sensory, and parasympathetic function to both the mouth and throat areas. Now, the ninth cranial nerve originates in the medulla oblongata. It moves laterally in the posterior area of the cranial fossa and exits the skull through the jugular foramen. Now, immediately outside of the jugular foramen are two ganglions. Now, remember, the ganglions are those little bundles of nerves. So these two ganglions are the superior ganglion and the petrous ganglion. These nerve cells contain the sensory fibers of the glossopharyngeal nerve. Now, this nerve is both efferent and afferent. So the efferent component of the glossopharyngeal nerve is for the pharyngeal muscle, the stylopharyngeus muscle, the soft palate, and the pharynx and larynx. The preganglionic gland provides parasympathetic innervation for the parotid salivary gland. Now this is also a relay to the otic ganglion. The afferent part of the nerve is parasympathetic and as I said, it's a relay station to the otic ganglion. It provides parasympathetic function for parotid secretion and some of the other minor glands in the mucous membrane in and around the posterior area of the tongue. The afferent innervation provides general sensation of the posterior third of the tongue and some of the areas of the pharynx. It also provides taste sensation on the posterior third of the tongue, including those circumvallate papilla. It also stimulates the gag reflex and provides afferent innervation to the skin around the ear. The last cranial nerve that we will be discussing in this podcast is cranial nerve 12, the hypoglossal nerve. Now, hypo meaning under and glossal meaning tongue, the hypoglossal's main function is motor function, and it is responsible for motor innervation of the majority of the muscles of the tongue, except for the glossus. These muscles can be subdivided into two groups, remember, the extrinsic and the intrinsic muscles. And all of these muscles are innervated by this nerve, except for the one extrinsic muscle, the palatal glossus, which is innervated by the vagus nerve. Now, the hypoglossal nerve originates from the medulla oblongata of the brainstem. It passes laterally across the posterior cranial fossa and exits the skull through the hypoglossal canal. It runs behind the digastric and the stylohyloid muscle to reach the tongue muscles. It is an efferent nerve. Thanks for listening to my podcast today. In the next episode, we will be discussing the lymphatic system as it relates specifically to the head and neck region. I hope you'll join me.
I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.